Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 45. Today's episode is in honor of my sweet, incredible, spunky grandma, Pat. And I want to talk all about how we can choose to leave and write our own legacies day in and day out, even in the monotonous tasks of our everyday life. I have been so reminded and touched by the power of a legacy. And so today it is time to dive into your why and to talk about the tough stuff. You're listening to the Gold Digger podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey guys, it's Jenna. Today, I'm really excited to talk to something that I've really been mulling over in my own life and to really open the conversation and dialogue all around legacy. So I want to start off by just asking you some questions. And these aren't easy questions like, what are you going to have for lunch? Or what are you going to watch on TV tonight? But they're questions that are awkward to lean into. And so I want today's episode to really get our wheels turning on thinking about how we are writing our legacy, what it is we want to be remembered for, and how every day we are just taking tiny baby little steps or shuffles towards those big God dreams. So to kick it off, what do you want to be remembered for? What is something in your life that you are building right now that will outlast you? What do you want people to say about you after you're gone? What are those things that you are doing in your life that are making an impact, big or small? You don't have to be doing these giant things to be making an impact. You can be raising your children or serving a neighbor or growing a business, whatever that looks like. 
But I think a lot of times we get stuck in the monotony of day to day. We get stuck in scrolling endlessly and feeling crappy about ourselves. We forget about the why behind what we do day in and day out. Now, when I first started my business, I never really thought about legacy. I didn't think about how my clients would be holding those photos of their loved ones for years and years and years. I didn't think about how this podcast could help transform businesses and lives in big ways. Sometimes I think it's uncomfortable to think about those things because it adds this weight and gravity to the work that we do. But a lot of times when we have that weight and that gravity, it really challenges us to really dive deep into following those intuitions, into creating things with purpose, into intentionally designing our lives around this one big story that we are living minute by minute, day in and day out. Now, recently I've been reminded of the importance of legacy in a really hard way, a way that none of us want to be reminded of it. And and that was in losing my grandma. Now, my grandma Pat was incredible. I wish you all could have met her. She was spunky, witty, hilarious. She was loving, but also hard on you in a way that pushed you to want to be better. She raised five boys. She had 12 grandchildren. She must have had so much bleacher butt from sitting in all of the bleachers for all of us kids as we went through our sporting events, band concerts, you name it, she was there. Now, my grandma passed away tragically in a car accident with my grandpa, and thankfully he's doing okay. But as we were navigating through what this potential loss and then the actual loss would look like, I was reminded so much about our stories. How are we telling them? How are we documenting them? How are we writing them down? There were so many things as we were losing my grandma that I wanted to ask her. So many things I wish that I would have had her write down before she was gone. And of course, whenever you lose someone, you go through all of those doubts and those hard things and those things that you wish you could do differently. But there was also so much goodness and so much peace as we learned of her passing. Now, I was given the task of writing her obituary, and while I did that, it really had me thinking about what is our legacy? What do we want people to say about us after we're gone? I want to read you parts of her obituary because as I was writing it, I knew that it couldn't just be any obituary. I come from a background of public relations. I learned how to write press releases in college, but I couldn't sum up my grandma in that way. I couldn't just leave it straight facts. There had to be feelings because if anyone made you feel something, it was her. This is how I led off with her obituary. Pat started writing her legacy at a young age. She fell in love with Ron Shellerud because he looked just like Elvis and they quickly grew their family with five incredible sons. Pat started work at Woodruff Lumber and later became the paint expert at Doherty's Hardware, where she always made sure you picked the right shade of green, her favorite color. She dedicated herself and life to her family, which soon expanded with four daughter-in-laws, 12 grandchildren, and five great-grandchildren. A spunky soul, Pat loved collecting her Cabbage Patch Kid dolls and spent many hours quilting and knitting. 
She enjoyed spending time at the cabin and took pleasure in scouring Goodwill for the next best deal. She never missed a birthday or anniversary, and her cursive penmanship was always a dead giveaway to the messages of love that those notes contained. We were blessed with many valuable lessons learned from Pat. The proper way to paint a wall, how to bake the perfect Christmas egg bake, the best way to host large holiday gatherings, how to hold and soothe a baby, the way to get the perfect sugar to coffee ratio, but most of all, how to love and lead a family well. When you think of Grandma Pat, you might think of her taste for Sammy's Pizza and Coney's, her favorite beach shirt with the pink polka dot bikini on it, the Cabbage Patch Kids room at her house, her weekly coffee dates with her sweet neighbor, her trips to the casino, her love for sitting around the kitchen table playing cards, or her ability to always have the perfect witty remark. The matriarch of a house filled with men, she stood her ground, laughed at herself often, and loved others well, especially Ron. They enjoyed 58 years of marriage, 17 full years of retirement, and they loved to travel together and spent many hours road tripping to watch their grandkids grow up. They spent their lives side by side in the same house on the hill in which they raised their family. To say she would be missed is an understatement. Now, her obituary was one of the best and hardest things I've ever had to write because how can you sum up a human life in a few paragraphs? Now, I didn't know that the newspaper charged per word, but I wouldn't change a darn thing about it. It was worth the extra $100 to be able to share how incredible she was with everyone who read it. As I was writing all about my grandma and thinking about the things that I would miss and the things that I loved the most, I was really touched to think about what is our story? How are we writing it? How are we living it? How are we sharing it? Nowadays, we don't necessarily keep journals or diaries like we used to, and we turn to social media to share our lives so much more. Every day, we're posting little bits and pieces of our stories like breadcrumbs for others to follow. When I think about social media, I think about so much more than the number of followers or likes or comments we get. I think about how this is my story. It's my legacy. Sure, we share all of the beautiful and good things, but... I also think that there is a time and a place for the tough stuff because that's what our lives are. I don't want to look back on my feed and say, oh, I wish my life looked this good. I want to look back and say, this is exactly how it was as we went through it. When I think about my grandma's legacy, it was lived so fully, but there are so many ways that I wish I could fill in the gaps of her story. I wish she kept a journal. I wish she used her AOL login so that we could read the emails that she wrote. I wish there were so many other bits and pieces of breadcrumbs that I could follow every time I missed her. When we were planning the funeral and getting ready for it, we were able to go through photos of her. And every member of the family handed in stacks and stacks of memories with grandma. There were so many things from her childhood that I just loved seeing. So many hidden gems that none of us had ever gotten to experience. So many things I wish I could have asked her what the context was or what she was all dressed up for. Those images were her life and they're what we're clinging to now. I think that nowadays we're given such a unique opportunity with the way that social media works. 
We're able to share our lives as they're unfolding. We're able to share our moments in our homes, our vacations, our pets, our children, our journeys. But so many times we aren't doing our lives a service. We're actually doing it a disservice because we're holding back from the real meaty stuff that life is giving us. One of the things that I see so many entrepreneurs struggle with is that we're so focused on telling our clients stories so well that we're not actually living our own. We feel like we're not interesting or compelling enough to actually show our faces on our feeds. And so instead, we're hiding behind the safety net of the work that we do. As a photographer, this is something that I struggled with so much when I first started. I remember creating a blog and all my blog held was the sessions I was shooting. There was maybe a little blurb about me, but that was it because I figured why would anyone care about me? I am just a young girl who lives in a tiny village in Wisconsin who stays at home way too much, loves her dogs way too much, and there's nothing interesting or compelling about me, especially nothing interesting enough that would actually get people liking me. I think that that's a lie so many of us are telling ourselves, that there's nothing special about us, that we're just way too normal. But I think sometimes our normalness is what actually connects us to other people in a really meaningful way. I would hide behind the images of my clients so much because I had such fear and insecurity that I wasn't anything special. I remember early in my career, I put out a poll on Twitter when I actually used to use Twitter, which eh, I don't really do anymore. And I asked people, what are your favorite posts to see on the blog? And I gave them weddings, engagements, lifestyle shoots. And the last option was personal posts. And Even though I only had a few hundred followers at the time, people all said their favorite thing was to read the personal posts. And I fought it for a while. I didn't believe that. Who cares about what I'm doing? I'm doing absolutely nothing interesting. But slowly I started to embrace it because I was watching my own user habits. What was I likely to click on? What did I read in completion? What was I excited to see? And it always brought me back to the heart of the human behind the work. I always tell people that if you want to connect people to your work, you first have to connect them to you. There has to be some sort of touch point of connection that is telling them that they need to appreciate your art from your point of view. As a photographer, this is so important because we all have such different point of views based on our stories, our lives, what we've gone through, what we're going through. When we hide behind our work, we're telling our clients that we're not interesting enough to actually attract them, that we're relying on our work itself to be that connection point. And I think that's risky business when you think about it. When I started recognizing that my story was important, when I started feeling empowered in my story and when I started sharing it, everything shifted for me. I realized that the things that I thought made me so boring and normal were the actual things that were going to connect me with the people that I wanted to work with. I like daily naps. Heck, who doesn't? I'm obsessed with mac and cheese. Hell yes. Everyone loves mac and cheese. If you don't, you probably shouldn't be on this podcast. I love to rescue dogs. That brought people into my life. When I started to share my story and the little monotonous things that make up my day to day, I started realizing that I'm not all that different from everyone else. While my story might have felt boring to me, it actually encouraged other people to start sharing theirs. 
When you can recognize your story just as it is and understand and trust that it is remarkable because it's yours and yours alone. And when you start sharing that with people, you're going to start establishing the things that connect you to them in a meaningful way that allow you to put relationships first before your product or your service or anything else. So what are things that I share? I call it the Jenna Kutcher five. I've talked about it before, but I like to pick five pieces of my life that I feel comfortable sharing to just about anyone. I always ask myself, like if I were sitting next to a stranger on a plane and they asked me about myself, what would I tell them about? And those are the five things that I share over and over and over again. Those are the five pieces that have become a piece of the puzzle for my brand. Those have become the five things that people talk about when they might mention me in passing. What are they? It's our home, our craftsman home that we've built on the water. It's our love and obsession for dogs and how they rule our house, whether it's Chloe and Tucker or any of the rescues that we've brought in. It's the wedding photography work that I do and the way that I share my clients' stories. It's the watercolor quotes that I love spending time and energy on in order to inspire other people. It's the business stuff that educates and empowers other business people and shares my journey from Craigslist camera to this little empire that I run every single day. A lot of times people will meet me and they'll think and assume that everything I post online is my exact life, that I'm sharing every little thing as it happens and that there's nothing more to me than what's on the internet. But I think people are always shocked when they sit down with me over coffee or a margarita and we start getting to the heart of things. There are so many pieces of my life that I covet that I don't like to share because they're so sacred and dear to me. I don't really share a lot about my family because when I'm with them, I want to be as present as possible. It's not that I don't value them. In fact, I value them so deeply that I never want them to feel taken advantage of or that their stories are just being another part of my brand. There's so many things in our life that we go through that I really am hesitant in sharing because it just feels too raw or too real. But what I do think that I do correctly and what I do think is honest and true is that I always show up with my heart first. Whenever I read through past Instagram posts that I did, whether it's just the normal day-to-day stuff or some of the hard stuff, I know that whenever I approach those subjects and I say, all you can do is say what you're feeling right now and no one can tell you that that feeling is wrong or that that feeling isn't real. I know that when we went through our miscarriage, it was one of the first times in my life that I really felt called to share something. I knew that if we were going to walk that road, that it was one that I wasn't going to let other people walk alone. And I wanted to be that person that I wish I had had when we got the news and when we faced one of the hardest things in our lives. When I shared that stuff, I knew that that was part of my legacy. As I wrote that story, as I shared that life, as I shared our loss, there was something so deep within me that was embedded knowing that I was going to look back on those posts and say that was a really big piece of my story. That was my legacy. As we go through day to day, it's so easy to get caught up in the small stuff and to even forget about thinking about these big questions. In fact, I think it's almost easier to shy away from them because there's so much weight and gravity in them. But when I look at every single thing I do, when I look at the way that I'm spending hour by hour and day by day, I am challenged to write a legacy that I'd be proud of. 
My legacy isn't spent in responding to emails for hours on end, but it is in creating episodes like this where I get down to the nitty gritty of who I am and what I think the world needs more of. My legacy isn't in watching a Netflix marathon of Homeland, but it is in spending relational time with my husband and my dogs. When I look at my grandma and I think about all the things she did with her life, from raising five boys to making her house a home over the years, when I think about all those little things, I think of her story as a whole, a story of a life really lived, a story of a life that had some really hard stuff in it, but was still enjoyable. The first time my grandma ever met Drew... It was the first time I was introducing a man to my family as a boyfriend. And my grandma literally went up to Drew and squeezed his butt and said, nice buns. From then on, he was known as Buns Kutcher and all of his birthday and holiday cards were addressed just that way. I think about little things like that with my grandma and I never want to forget them. And so what it challenges me to do and think about within my own life is how are we writing these things down? Now, I'll be honest, I suck at taking a pen to paper. I don't keep journals like I used to. I don't have diaries like the ones with the little locks on them that my brother would pick when we were growing up. But I do have a heart for sharing things. A lot of times I'll get asked, well, does that come naturally? Like, do you just know how to write? And while I think I've always enjoyed writing, I think a lot of it comes from learning what my voice is and learning how to translate the way that I speak into the way that I write. A few tips on learning how to do that is, number one, I always think that you're addressing a friend. I always write to someone that you're really comfortable with because you're going to write it from a totally different place than you're if you imagine writing to a total stranger on the internet. The next thing that I always think about is, is this something I would say in real life? Would this come out of my mouth? A really good way to test this is to read it out loud. If you feel goofy or silly or stupid, maybe it's time that you go and hit that backspace a few times and start all over again. How would you share something with someone that you love? Lastly, I think it's always so important to ask ourselves, why does this matter? Why am I sharing it? If you're just sharing something because it's pretty, all the power to you. But a lot of times I think that there's a way to tie our hearts into the work that we're doing. Now, when I look at my social media, I love to think of it as one big story. Every post is adding on to the last one. Every caption is diving a little bit deeper into that story, leaving people excited to see what's coming up next or what I'm going to do. I think that when we can look at our social media, not just as a means of advertising and marketing, but a way to share our personal stories, it gives our clients a trust and a faith that we can tell their stories. One of the biggest challenges that I have when I was writing and as I've grown as an entrepreneur is it's really easy to hide behind adjectives. I've talked about this in past episodes. How many times have we written, well, this was just a beautiful wedding or Emily and Michael had such a gorgeous swoon worthy wedding day. Awesome. Their day was pretty. I would expect that weddings are really beautiful. But tell me about Emily and Michael. Tell me about their love story. Tell me about a moment during the day that just made you weak in the knees. Tell me about why they matter beyond the way they look. I think a lot of times it's easy to state the obvious when things are pretty or beautiful or gorgeous. 
But what if we started telling our clients that we were noticing their story? What if we started sharing their legacy beyond just the product or service that we offer? What if we said, I noticed this about you and I appreciated it? How would that make our clients feel? How would it flip the script on just being a service provider to actually creating a relationship? One of the most powerful ways that you can market your business, whether you are brick and mortar, whether you sell products, whether you offer a service, is to have people imagine themselves with your business in their lives. How do you do this? It's through telling stories. We are all storytellers. I believe that at the core of my being. I think that we all desire to tell meaningful stories. For me right now, my camera is my means of doing that. This podcast is my way of doing that. My blog is a place where I do that. I believe at the end of the day, we all want to tell really good stories, but a lot of times we get so caught up in the fluffy adjectives that we lose the actual meaning behind them. I could share so many posts on social media and hide behind those adjectives, but a lot of times I'll challenge myself to not do that. Why am I sharing this? Why does it matter to anyone but me? Why should people care about this? How is it serving other people other than myself? These are all questions I ask myself every day. And as I was looking through my grandmother's photos, I would ask myself those very same questions. What was she doing in this moment? How did she feel? What kind of things were happening in the background? What was going on beyond the way she looked or the way she was dressed? Those were the questions that I wanted answers to. I didn't care if her prom dress was pink or yellow. I wanted to know, how did she feel when my grandpa showed up with her cute little corsage? I wanted to know what they did after the dance. Did they go out for burgers and a milkshake? Did they hang out together? Were they nervous? Did they hold hands? Did he ask her to the dance or was she the one that was spunky and went after him? I think it's the second one on that. When we look at our stories and we hide behind our images, we're doing such a disservice, not just to ourselves and our feeds, but to the people that genuinely want to follow our lives. The more that I've opened up our lives, the more that I understand I'm opening ourselves up for scrutiny. I'm opening ourselves up for judgment. But to me, that always outweighs the fact that I'm also opening up our lives that we can serve other people through our story. When you can be the author of your own life, and when you are invited to be the author of your clients' lives for a sliver of it, how are you sharing their story as well as they could share it? How are you showing them that you value them in such a meaningful way that you are taking the time to go above and beyond in order to tell it in a way that leaves a lasting impact? Sure, we can focus on the way that we serve our clients, but how are we actually making them feel? How are we showing them that we value them and those little things that we notice? On a wedding day, I always go in with a few goals in mind. These goals are kind of silly. But they tell me if I'm doing a good job as a wedding photographer. Goal number one is that I want the parents to hug me at the end of the night because that shows me that I didn't just serve my bride and groom. I served their families and that I recognize that I was creating moments not just for my clients, but for their loved ones. I also want the bridesmaids to offer me a bite of cake or a sip of champagne while I'm kneeling photographing the speeches. Why? Because it shows me that they bought into what I was doing for their friend. 
that I was there to make her best day even better, and that in that I was able to serve the entire party. Lastly, I want a guest to ask me for my business card before they've seen a single image because I am so clearly engaged and excited and in love with what I do. Those are my three goals. Those all serve a bigger purpose in telling my clients' stories in such a meaningful way. When my clients see their photos on the blog, I want for them to not just scroll through those, but I want for them to read what I wrote about them. I am willing myself to remember every little moment of their day the way that the bride would want to remember it. I'm noticing those little in-between moments. I'm capturing the way her mom and dad are holding hands as she walks down the aisle. I'm trying to document every little moment that I know she's going to want to relive for years and years and years. And I'm also paying attention to those other stories that are happening as the wedding day unfolds. Stories of her grandparents, stories of her nieces and nephews, stories of her parents and their own love story. When you look at life as a storyteller, I think it challenges you to really look at how you are spending your days and what you're spending your time on. As an entrepreneur, I've learned so many things, but one of those things is that you want to be making an impact with every single day of your life, whether it's super small or big. You want to challenge yourself to not get stuck up in the rat race, in the hustle of it all, but to live a story that people will be talking about long after you're gone. When I think of my legacy as something that I approach head on, there's something in me that knows obviously I'm not going to live forever. And when I think about how that breaks down from day to day, it's really forced me to live in the moment. I think that loss is a way of doing that to us. It really challenges us to look at what we're doing, to stop and take a look around and say, what am I working towards right now? I hope that people talk about the way that I lived authentically and not hashtag authentic, but really shared my true self, the goofy, funny, awkward homebody person that I am. I also hope that people saw that I believe in marriage. And not just a marriage that's mediocre, but in investing in a love story that started a long time ago, in recognizing that while we both may change, we can grow into each other and not away from each other. I hope that people saw my desire to encourage and raise up this community. I hope that people felt the way that I shared my life empowered them to share their own. There are so many things in our lives that we don't tell people until they're gone. And today, in closing, I want for you to think about one person that you can call today. Pick up your phone and actually make a phone call. And I want for you to share how you value somebody that you love. I wish that I could call my grandma Pat today and tell her that I think she's the most incredible mom that she is incredibly selfless, but also knows when to take care of herself and that she taught us so many lessons that we are clinging so tightly to these days. What I would give to hear her answer the phone and say, yellow, and talk to you later, but I can't. And so today, in honor of Grandma Pat, I would love for you to do that for me. I want for you to call somebody up and tell them what you love and value about them. And I would love to hear those stories because it would just give my heart so much encouragement while we're working through the waves of grief. We are given this one 
really raw, crazy life, and we're given one shot at it, what is your legacy? What are you going to be remembered for? And what is your purpose? And how is today going to bring you one step closer to that? This episode is in honor of my dear and beautiful, brilliant Grandma Pat. And today I pray that she is smiling down on me proud that her granddaughter is writing her legacy in every post, in every podcast episode, in everything she does, because I know that that is something that she would want. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser, you.